Gardens and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We still await word, hope to hear word, but certainly don't expect to hear anything. When it comes to DeMar Hamlin and his condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center right now, the, the, the story, the, the incident itself, it's almost almost been 24 hours, not quite, about 22 hours since it's happened. And we're not sure when we're going to get an update as we welcome you back in 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show. But there's no doubt that, that his story, his set of circumstances, what happened last night on the field in Cincinnati was, I mean, some are calling it the most terrifying thing that they've ever seen during a football game, right? And, and, and there are other instances of things happening, and we'll go over those in a couple of minutes because it's, it's been there. It reminded some people of some things that had happened in the past. Other people said it was truly unprecedented what had happened to DeMar Hamlin. But either way, he's in a hospital room in Cincinnati. His family released a statement. Uh, earlier today in which they, they didn't present any update. They just thanked everybody for their support, their prayers. They thanked the first responders. They thanked the doctors and nurses at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. And now we wait to see. His heart stopped last night on the field. It had to be shocked back into place. Uh, he had stopped breathing. I mean, he had to be resuscitated. CPR, defib, all that stuff last night on the field, all in front of both teams, who remarkably did a great job of shielding him so people couldn't see what was going on. It was a terrifying story last night, and we're waiting for some sign that there's going to be a happy ending. And you said it really well earlier. Happy ending here is that he walks Survival. out of that hospital and he lives. Yeah. It's not about him playing football again. It's, not, it's, just, no. it's just walk out of that hospital and you live and everything's good. Yeah, most people that do suffer a cardiac arrest where you, your heart stops and you've got to be, like, there is going to be, if you do survive, it's, some people could be, go back to a normal life, but most can't. You know, many have to, there is something wrong. You're going to need some help and rehabilitation and things like that. His heartbeat was restored on the field. He got transferred, transferred, uh, transported by ambulance to the level one trauma care center. That's important. So then they decided to suspend the game. You mentioned it earlier. I think the the Bills ended up flying home um, after the game because some of the players went to the hospital and coaches and things like that. So I know the NFL is in constant contact with the medical team that's caring for him and uh, the Players Association and everybody and the league's just just you know waiting and uh, there's no rush to say anything now or do anything now or the games for this coming week will go on as scheduled and and that's it and what happens to that game we don't know uh, eventually we will but listen it's, it's a brutal sport it's 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 always been a life threatening sport it's always been a violent sport he got hit in the wrong spot at the wrong time and he collapsed uh, the great thing is that there was tremendous medical care right available right there that, for him that was the like game changing thing if sure that if, happens to somebody on the walking down the street again 90% chance of fatality mm-hmm. 90% if that happens to you in your home and you don't have a defibrillator in the next room there's a 90% chance that that's going to end up being a fatality those are the statistics the real 
real statistics, but because he got proper medical care, because they were able to you know, pound his chest and get a pulse and, and get the defibrillator on him and get him to the hospital right away, he's got more of a he's got more of a fighter's chance. He's young, that helps. He's an athlete, that helps. But the medical care that was given on the field, if he ultimately survives this, it's going to be because of them. It's going to be because of them. There's the, the, the quick response to get him there. Players were. You know, players were scared. We're seeing all the videos right now. The players crying. I mean, people were praying in big groups. People were praying in small groups. Uh, people just praying. I mean, that's a brother. And to see that ambulance go off the field and, yeah. and all the players in prayer, it was uh, it was a very sad thing to see. Yeah, it was it, it was the kind of thing. And, and I mentioned this earlier. It was the story where I mean, normally I don't watch football with my wife. She she's not very interested. We were watching the game last night because we were eating dinner. And, and when it did happen, it, it was it was riveting for all the wrong reasons, right? Like, you, you, were, you were just waiting for some sort of an update, some sort of a something. And even though there wasn't much new in the, the way of information, ESPN and everybody who was on it last night did such a good job talking about it with a real dose of humanity. That's the word that I kept seeing and reading all morning long. They were just so humane when talking about that situation. And, and so, now we wait, now we hope for the best when it comes to him. It was so difficult to watch. They came back from commercial break, and all you had to do was see the look on Sean McDermott's face to know something had gone horribly wrong while they were gone on commercial break. It was not your garden variety player goes down in the middle of a football game kind of injury. And one look at Sean McDermott's face told the story that it was just different. You said this earlier, right? All 32 teams switched their Twitter profile to, the, to, to, to his a Bills. name and number. Yeah. Right. yeah. To the jersey. That's pretty incredible yeah <laughs> did, um, you, did you see the chris pronger story yeah, because I remember what happened to Chris. You Pronger. remember Chris sure, Pronger? Absolutely. Yeah. Chris Pronger tweeted out, yeah, it said, uh, tweeted out today, prayers that DeMar Hamlin can have the same outcome that I was fortunate to have with my incident. Our thoughts and prayers go out to DeMar, his family, teammates, and the greater NFL community during this incredibly scary time. Back in 1998, during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, he was with the Blues. He was I with the Blues. With the it, Blues. Was, it was against the Red Wings. Against the Red Wings, yeah. Um, Pronger, they were playing, and a puck slammed off of his chest, yep. just left of his heart. Mm-hmm. He fell down, covered up the puck, got up, took two strides, and collapsed. collapsed very, right very similar to what happened last night with DeMar Hamlin. He spent the night at the Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. He was remarkably back in action four days later. Now, nobody's expecting that sort of a recovery. I, I mean, I, again, we have no idea what to expect medically at this point. Just hope and pray for the best. But but you you talk about how rare something like last night is, and it is, and yet over the course of the history of this game, I mean, there have been moments, right? Not not like this, but moments where you remember whether it's Hank Gathers on a the basketball Hank court. one for us in our, that was 1990, I think, Loyola Marymount. Um, Bo Kimball, I remember shooting the free throw left-handed. Yep. That's the one that sticks out probably more than anyone else to me is is the, is the Hank Gathers one. Now, when I was, uh, I actually wrote some stories on Dennis Bird with the Jets, who had you know on the collapsed on the field too. So, but the, there are definitely situations, uh, you know, that we've had this. Um, Ryan Shazier was Ryan another Shazier, one. Yeah, um, I, it was the year of my birth. But Chuck Hughes was a player who collapsed on the field. Um, 
Andrew Siciliano told the story this morning on the NFL Network of a player that he remembered very well of of passing away on the field. He was a former NFL player, but he was playing in the Arena League at the time. And uh, his name was Al Lucas. He brought him up today on the NFL Network. He suffered a spinal cord injury um, and died during the game, during the Arena League game. But, uh, but again, those moments are, and that's what made last night so frightening is that we're so used to seeing the athlete get put on the cart, get carted off the field. And give us a sign that give he's okay. Give us a sign that they're okay. Give us a sign that they're... Thumbs up, a wave, or just a fist. Even, even when they're strapped to the board, right, just to see them moving their arm, you get that sense of, oh, okay, thank God he's okay. To not have that at all last night, that was the part that scared you right down to your soul, was, man, what we we can't even see him. We, we, we're not even being given a visual of him as they're putting him onto the ambulance. It was frightening. I, I, I think it's one of those things that nobody will ever really... Forget it, to be honest with you. And I just no, no, want I, so badly for it to have a happy ending for him. Yeah. So badly. And you know what the thing was? You, you're watching that with no intention of the game resuming, right? None of us are expecting None. the game. But, like, you know, you get to that point like last night, like me and my wife were watching the game on, too. And then eventually we were going to probably switch off to it and watch one of our TV shows. Like, eventually we, because we try to, you know, watch at least one show every night if we can. Um, so we were probably, but we never got to that. Like, we never got to that Neither point. Neither do we. Now, and you're not really... You're not expecting the game to resume. You you are kind of waiting for them to say, okay, it's not going to be played. You know, I, I I think I tweeted out a couple of times. No way, this game is going to get played. They can't play this game. But I thought they did a good job of just you know handling it and just showing the players' emotions throughout the whole thing. But there was very little of an update that anybody could give us at that time. And even today, there's no update today. This this may take some time. It this was is a really really. Tragic injury. It was foolish to expect. I wasn't watching for the resumption of the game either because I didn't want them to resume the game. I thought it was. I th- everybody who said they can't play this game was absolutely right. They, the game shouldn't have been played last night, and I'm very glad they didn't. I was watching because I was hoping for an update. I, I was. I was really. And it, it's kind of foolish now to think about it. I went to bed about ten o'clock last night. I think I shut off the TV when Scott Van Pelt signed off. I was really hoping before I turned off that TV, I was going to have some sort of good news about Hamlin before I went to bed. And when I woke up this morning, swear to God, first thing I did, first thing I did. Just check. Check the phone. I mean, I don't even think I had gotten out of bed. It was just like one of those, I took the phone off the charger and I scrolled through the ESPN to see if there was any kind of an update throughout the night about his condition. It was, that was the only reason I kept watching last night was I was just hoping there was going to be some sort of good news about him. And we still wait. We yeah. still wait. Yeah, I, I remember talking to my daughter last night because she works in a level one trauma center, and she was just saying that you, you, this could take a long time before you, you, yeah. know, you get, might not, you might don't expect to get like information within the next 24 hours. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, one thing was made very clear by the league last night. Right now, their one and only focus was and is on DeMar Hamlin. We'll talk about it next, the Burns and Gambo show. and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, perhaps a little bit of an update 
This was retweeted by Andrew Brantz, who is a former front office executive with the Packers, former agent in the NFL. Really good follow on Twitter. Very intelligent insight and takes on what's going on in football. He just retweeted from Josh Reed, who is the verified WIVB sports director, I would presume, in Buffalo, who tweeted out, just spoke with DeMar Hamlin's uncle. DeMar was originally on 100% oxygen and is now down to 50%. Says the family is hanging in there. He thanked Bills fans and Bengals fans and asked for continued prayers. Okay, so you, he needed 100%? To breathe, and now he needs fifty. Now he needs fifty. Okay, that's that's the the latest, according to Josh Reed. Again, his verified Twitter account suggesting that the amount of oxygen that he is requiring has gone down. Man, a little I bit. hope. I mean, I hope he wakes up and 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 lives to see the outpouring of support and love that he's that this that he's received. The fundraiser, by the way, yeah, five million it hit. Yeah, five point two. It's just. I don't think many people even knew the name Demar Hamlin, but I would love for him to see. The support, like the family seeing it, I would love for him to wake up and, and hear what people have done. Yeah. Hey, your 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 toy drive, five million dollars. What? Yeah, people responded. People got together. They rallied, you know, around what happened to you. So I I, I do hope he gets that opportunity. Yeah. Now I'm seeing pictures of uh, from our friend Mike Jarecki. They lit up Niagara Falls. Yeah, in for Buffalo 15 Bills minutes colors. in blue. Yep. And I saw that in, in blue. Buffalo Bills blue. Right. Uh, the Miami Dolphins changed the lighting on their stadium to Buffalo Bills colors. I mean, it, it. You know, it's a very competitive league, obviously. But in a moment like this, everybody kind of rallies together, and and the league itself has come out today and made the announcement that the Bengals-Bills game will not be resumed this week. Nope, that's all we know. And that's, that's all we know. The only, there are two things we no know. No changes made to the Week 18 schedule. That's no number, changes. No changes to the Week 18 yep. schedule, and there will not be a resumption this week of Bills-Bengals. Those two things the NFL announced late this morning, early this afternoon. What it means beyond that, we still don't know. And, and as you said, uh, astutely earlier, we don't really need to know right now. There's some, no rush. At some point, we will. Take your time with this. Make sure you make the right decision. Yes. Because there's fairness involved here. There's doing what's right that's involved here. I think everybody understands that that game had a lot of meaning for both teams. It had meaning for Buffalo. It had meaning for Kansas City. It had meaning for Cincinnati. It had meaning for Baltimore. But the two teams that were playing were playing for something. So the, the reality is that that game's probably going to have to be played. It would be you know, fair to play the game at some point. I, my, my suggestion would be just simply play the games this coming week. That's week 18, right? Yes. Play the games in week 18. The following week, Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, have Cincinnati play Buffalo. Boom. The next week, start the playoffs. And then just take the week out. You don't have to move the Super Bowl at all. You don't have to move the Super Bowl. Just eliminate, just eliminate the, week the two weeks in between. It's not a problem. It's, yeah. not, it's not. It's like the, that's the fairest way to do it because it allows Buffalo, which has never won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. to still secure home field advantage if they can win those final two games. Yes. Now, if you go the other way and you just declare it a no contest. Then Kansas City would end up with the number one overall seed. And I, I don't think that that part would be fair. It, it might not be, but that would be the simplest way to do it, right? The, I would agree with you. The fair way to do it is your way. The simple way to do it is just to de- declare the game a no contest or, or give both teams a tie or, or, and, and I would imagine a lot of that would have to do with how Buffalo feels about it, right? Cause they're, they're the ones. And, and first of all, I, I want to say this again. 
just to make sure everybody listening to us is clear right now, this conversation that we're having right now is not the most important part of this story. Obviously, Damar, that that's the most important part of this story. This is all kind of off to the side stuff, right? I, I mean, there, there's no doubt that the Damar Hamlin, his health, his well-being is the most important part. So don't let this conversation about what's fair or what's simple distract you from what really matters here. It's just that the, the business of the NFL will at some point go on. The fair thing to do is to do it your way. The simple thing to do is just to declare it a no contest. Cincinnati would clinch the AFC North. Now, Baltimore might have a problem with that, but are they really going to make a lot of noise about it given the set of circumstances? I don't know. And Buffalo? Buffalo may say, you know what? To hell with it. We, we, we're, we're fine with whatever you want to do. We just want to make sure our brother's okay. And if that means we're the number two seed and we don't get to buy, fine. We're the number two seed and we don't get to buy. I, I, I don't know. Those are high-level conversations going on right now that we have no idea the content of those conversations. But those would seem to be the two options. Could you wait until after Sunday and like, see if the you, game matters? Could you wait? I mean, I mean, either way, so, so if Buffalo loses Sunday, that's four losses. And if Kansas City wins, then that game, then the Buffalo couldn't get home field advantage anyway. So if you waited till Sunday, Buffalo plays. Is it um, they play somebody in the division? Is it Miami? New England? Uh, give me a minute, I'll tell you. I can't remember. It's sorry, guys. There's I think a, it's is it Buffalo New England? Yeah, thank you. It's Buffalo, Buffalo New England. England. Yes, Buffalo. New so England. say Buffalo plays this Sunday and they and they lose. New England wins the game. New England's playing for their playoff lives, right? They're playing to get in. Buffalo's got four losses. Kansas City wins. Okay, Kansas City's got three losses. Kansas, like, it doesn't matter what you do, you can't catch them. Right. So now that game doesn't matter for home field advantage. So that's what I'm saying. I wonder if you can wait till Sunday just to see if they're... Now, the other situation, what if Baltimore loses? Or Cincinnati wins this week? Well, then the AFC North is in question. Yeah. If Baltimore loses or Cincinnati wins, then, then you know. I maybe. Then, so I, I think you're onto something here. Wait till Sunday just, just to wait see. Wait till Sunday and see. Because maybe you don't have to play the game. It's the one scenario where you wouldn't have to play the game, I believe, is if New England beats Buffalo. And then Buffalo can't get the number one seed, but they also can't drop to three. They also can't drop to three. Now, maybe you can make an argument that if Cincinnati won their final two games and Buffalo lost their final two, that the Bengals would be 13 and four and the Bills would be you know, 13 and four. And then maybe they'd be tied and you'd have tie. I mean, maybe there's a scenario there where like, OK, we got to play the game because maybe since he could get number two instead of number three. I don't know. But there is a chance that there is a chance that if things break a certain way, that that game might have been meaningless. Now, here's something I, I just can't see happening at all. I can't see pushing everything back a week. And by everything, I mean everything. That includes the two weeks between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, meaning the Super Bowl would be played a week later. No, I, well, hotel I, reservations, I, I, can't, done. No. I can't see that happening. There, no. there, there's just too much that you'd have to undo and redo to make that happen. So I, I think... I would guess that the best options in front of the NFL are just don't play the game at all. Go by winning percentage. It's the simplest way to do this. Option two is kind of in the middle. 
play the games on Sunday, see just how necessary that game would be to sorting this out. I, I, I fear that it would be necessary somehow, some way, especially when it comes to Buffalo seating, but maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look at that. And then number three would be your scenario to give, just wait, to, just wait and, and have Buffalo play the next weekend after week 18, right? And then start everything the week after that and just eliminate the off week between the conference championship and the, and the, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't there, know what they'll might do. Be, there might be, again, I'm not a mathematician here figuring all this stuff out, but there might be a scenario where if you don't make any decision until after the games are played this weekend, like when does like there are some games Saturday this week, right? The two games on Saturday are give me a minute there. Well, Kansas City, Kansas City plays on Saturday to okay. take on Vegas and then Tennessee Jacksonville to see who wins the AFC South. Those are the two Saturday games. Everything game else is on care, Sunday. The game you care about is Buffalo New England. If Buffalo That's Sunday loses, morning at 11 o'clock. If Kansas City wins and Buffalo loses, then Buffalo is not in a position where they're going to be able to get the number one seed, and then maybe that game doesn't mean anything to Buffalo. Cincinnati, as long as they win this week or Baltimore loses, they're going to win the division. There might be, again, I'm not 100% sure because of, could, could somebody get a second seed? Could Cincinnati catch Buffalo for the two seed? Depends season? on tiebreakers and what you'd have to use for tiebreakers. Right, but there's a chance, there's a chance if things break right that that game may not even have to be played. So why not just wait it out and just see? Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open at 620-620 right now. Yesterday, very scary finish this past weekend. This past weekend did have some positive of football moments, particularly on Saturday. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. It's tough and a little strange to talk about football that isn't DeMar Hamlin right now because it's such an all-encompassing, almost overwhelming story and we're all waiting, hoping for positive news. There's been, apparently his uncle is is speaking with some reporters. I don't know if it's in a press conference fashion or not, but apparently um, Hamlin had to be resuscitated twice, once on the field and then once later at the hospital or in the ambulance. But that as we reported in the last segment, the reports are coming out that his lung function is improving to the point where he's only on 50% oxygen as great opposed news. to 100% oxygen. Great, so great, that's great got news. potentially really good news. We'll see. We're all hoping and praying that we will get some good news when it comes to DeMar Hamlet. My point, long-winded though it might be, is that it's weird to talk about football that isn't Hamlin, and yet, man, Saturday was a great I mean, like the kind of day you dream about. The kind of, like, honestly, the kind of day that makes you say, maybe this expanded playoff field has a chance of being good. Sure. Because usually, this, this, usually it's not. There's two teams that are separate from the pack. Right. Usually it's just pure chalk, right? Every single year of this college football playoff, it's been straight chalk and usually by a lot of points. Man, Saturday was phenomenal. And if the expanded college football playoffs are going to give us more of what we saw Saturday, bring it. Bring it. Because that was... That was a lot of fun. I think we all enjoyed watching that football well, on and, Saturday. And they were offensive fireworks, too. I mean, TCU taking down Michigan 51-45, 96 combined points, second most ever in a college football playoff game. 51-45. to 45. It was inc- just an incredible game. TCU was unranked heading into the season. They had fired their coach last year and hired Sonny Dykes. 
You know, TCU was the one program. They don't really belong. They're not a blue blood. It's TCU. They were in, man, they were, a couple of years ago, they were in the Big East, for goodness sakes. Yep. Not too long. They were in the Big East for about five minutes. They were in the Big East. So it, it was an incredible way to watch them. You know, win the game. I mean, two goal line stands, the two pick sixes, um, the bad calls. The, on, I mean, well, the like, one touchdown Michigan had. I mean, it was like shocking that they they said he was down at the one, and then what? The next play, fumbles it, and TCU recovers it. That's a huge play. Yeah. I, now, don't and fumble every time it. You got first and goal from the right, half yard right. line. Don't fumble it. It's not right. that big of a deal. But yeah, he caught that ball. That was a touchdown. That was a horrible. Horrible, horrible call. Yeah, how it changed the outcome of the game? I don't know. I mean, it, it's. I mean, Michigan's defense. Maybe they could have stopped somebody. Like they, they came in with like the third best defense in college football, and but TCU, man, I was so impressed just how the the quickness of those players, like that. You know, some of those big plays by them were in the Quinton Johnson play, like 76 yards down the uh, sideline. And the, th- that was a huge play. It was big play after big. At one point, I tweeted out, I go, have you ever seen as many big plays in a football game? It was crazy yeah. how many big plays that there were. Yeah, no, it was it was exciting to watch. It was a lot of fun. And every time Michigan, you thought they were going to get back in it, every time they were back in it, TCU would capitalize on one of those big plays, whether it was a touchdown, touchdown you're talking about, the pick, yards. the pick six that you're talking about. I mean, every single time they got right there, TCU would just do that extra little thing to get the lead back up. That third quarter was was crazy. It was insane how many points were scored. So, so that game was a ton of fun. The viral video of the Michigan quarterback McCarthy, just kind of yeah. standing at the thirty yard line, looking at the celebration in the end zone. That was that was something to see. Um, yeah, because he. I mean, listen he he kept him in the game, but he also threw the two pick sixes. Yeah, but he did a. Good Good job of you know of, uh, you know throughout the game, but the two pick sixes were costly. They were they were, uh, but I think it still comes down to Michigan's defense came in with a lot of fanfare and they weren't able to stop TCU at all. And then later that night to have Ohio State, okay, up that was incredible. Fourteen points over Georgia. It, those kind of comebacks never happen in moments. They happen in college football, but they don't happen in this in this game in this round of the playoffs. You, you typically you're up fourteen in the fourth quarter. Teams like that don't lose games like that. But nineteen and zero. You said it earlier. Yeah. Teams leading by fourteen or more points at any point of the fourth quarter were 19 and 0 in college football playoff games 19 and 0 now the 19 and 1 Stetson Bennett was incredible uh, you know and even at the end right i mean ohio state's up 38-27 georgia scores on a 76-yard touchdown a defensive back falls down arian smith goes the distance ohio state takes over uh, they get the field goal by ruggles it's 41-35 then georgia takes over uh, they score a touchdown the, the pass in the corner of the end zone the mitchell but then Michigan gets the ball back 54 seconds up. They drive all the way down to Ohio, Ohio State. State. I keep saying Michigan because yes, I wrote Michigan do. in my notes. I actually wrote Michigan. <laughs> Ohio State gets the ball back. They drive all the way down the field and then they set up a 50, 50 yard field goal and Ruggles just not even close. I mean, he kicked that thing almost into the stands on the left. So that, that wasn't even close. But Ohio State even gave themselves a chance with 54 seconds left driving all the way down the field. Big run by C.J. Stroud, 27 yards, set up the potential for them to win it on a field goal. Yeah. And, great and, game, great game. It was. It was a great game. And, and and now, now honestly, it sets up a national championship game. Usually we're looking forward to the championship game because the semifinal games aren't any good. Now, I, I can the championship game live up to what we got in the semifinals? Sure, why not? I mean, TCU looked great. Because why not? George is a two-touchdown favorite in the game. I, That's answer number one. I get it. What was Michigan favored by? Any idea? Seven. 
Okay. Six and a half. No, five and a half or six, I think. Yeah. Uh, TCU looked awfully good. They did. They looked awfully they, good. They did, but that, that might have been their moment, you know? And, and sure. I, I hope it's not their moment. That might have been their moment. Georgia's awfully good. It was Ohio State's moment. They couldn't, they couldn't hold on. I, I hope it's going to be a good game. I do, because TCU gives us something that honestly. To root for. We don't get in college football championship games. No. A true Cinderella. underdog. A Cinderella. I yeah. mean, that, that's usually reserved. For Sweet 16 basketball right. games. For Elite 8 basketball games. We don't get true Cinderella's in moments like this. I mean, they were what? Like a 100 to 1 to win the championship at the beginning of the season? They, they would pick 7th in the conference. They would pick, okay, they are. It's not supposed to happen like this. They are a true underdog in a moment like this. They'll have all of America rooting for them. One, yeah. because they're an underdog. And two, because they're not Georgia and nobody wants to see a repeat championship. It's boring. Yeah. Unless you're a Georgia it, fan. It, it's incredible when you look at the journey for TCU. I mean, you know, when they got let, when they when they they got screwed and they didn't get to go to the Big Twelve, they joined the Western Athletic Conference, <laughs> TCU, SMU, Rice, and yep. then um, it was just and then you know, like I said, at some point they had actually joined the 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 Big East because they were just you know trying to find a home, and then eventually the Big Twelve they didn't they didn't actually play in the Big East. Um, but they were in 2012. That doesn't even seem that long ago. No, it doesn't. They were supposed to join the Big East, and it ended up going to the Big 12. Yeah, tremendous story, and, and I hope, I hope it's got. We'll see. We'll see what kind of resolution that it has. And, and honestly, even the bowl games yesterday to watch USC. USC. Oh, they blew it. They blew it. They were up, what they give up? 16 points in the final yeah, couple of minutes they were up there? 15 in the fourth quarter, I think. Wow. And they, they blew that. Utah got their teeth kicked in by Penn State yesterday. That wasn't as much as, it's always fun watching USC lose like that. That was, that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun to watch that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the national championship game, but the Fiesta Bowl hosting a good one. Normally those games stink. Normally those national semifinal games are blowouts. It's pure chalk. It was good to see some competitive football in that round. It really was. You almost don't care as much about, with a playoff system instead of the BCS, you almost don't care about the other bowl games because it's just your focus of attention is just on, like, oh, there's another, oh, USC's playing. Oh, okay, interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, once you get to the playoff games, it's like, you know, we always expect the, pl- the playoffs, that's it. You know what? I know, but y- yesterday, it's funny. I was thinking about this because yesterday I watched a lot of football. Yesterday was basically New Year's Day, right? I mean, like, most people had sure. the day off yesterday. Yeah. What do you do on New Year's Day? You watch college football. Right, I mean that's what that's what I've done since I'm five years old. I watch college football on New Year's Day. So for me, even though none of those games had any playoff implications at all, and we should by effect not care about them, I did because I like watching college football on New Year's Day. That to me, it makes me feel like being a kid again. You know, so sure. even though those games are completely meaningless, the Rose Bowl, it's the Rose Bowl. I still want to watch that. You know, the the USC, the, those are those are games that they're easy to care about because they kind of speak to the traditions that we like so much. Even though it was January second, yeah, I've always I always liked the bowl games, and you know, good, good reward for the kids. They, it's great for the coaches because you get another six weeks to. If you make a bowl game, you get six weeks to practice with your teams when others don't. Your season ends in November, and you get to play a game in late December or January. 
you get all that practice time. And the kids, good reward. You go there, you get a bunch of prizes, you get an Xbox or something. I mean, the kids sure. like it, but it does take on less meaning with a playoff system. The latest that we know regarding DeMar Hamlin has been positive. We'll share with you what we know next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, Coyotes just scored a moment ago. That is the one and only local game going on tonight involving a local team. They're in Florida right now taking on the Panthers 2-1. They're losing to Florida right now as that game is underway. They're just going to the first intermission right now. Coyotes playing well at home, man. That's been, they did play well at home. Yeah, big wins, big people uh, beating Colorado last week. They got a bunch of games crammed into this little, and of course they're not at home tonight. They are on the road again. I think they've got like fifteen games in the next thirty days or something along those lines. It's a pretty compressed schedule. But right now, losing two one locally, that's it. Suns aren't back at it until tomorrow. ASU and U of A a little later on in the week, coming off their game over the weekend. Is- Quiet well, night then, just the one local. Yeah, team. quiet night. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And then, and then, of course, we'll continue to wait and see and look for news from the National Football League, both when it comes to Demar Hamlin and then the situation regarding the game to see if we get any kind of clarification. Now, um, we did get this. Coley Harvey was, if you were watching ESPN last night during their coverage, he was one of the reporters who was out in front of the hospital. He tweeted out about forty-five minutes ago that he just spoke with DeMar Hamlin's uncle. His name is Dorian Glenn. Um, He was watching the game from the family's hometown in Pittsburgh. As soon as they saw the injury, they drove down to Cincinnati. He said his nephew had to be resuscitated twice. Once on the field at Paycor Stadium and once after he arrived at the hospital. There is some concern over lung damage because of that, though he also told a reporter, Matt Perino, that his nephew is on a ventilator to help him breathe. He has a little lung damage, but now he's breathing using only 50% of the ventilator. Yesterday, he needed all 100%. Listen, take of the whatever ventilator. good news you can get. But they had to, I did not know that. So he resuscitated twice. So he crashed again. Was that on the way to the hospital or at the hospital? According to the uncle, once he arrived at the hospital, oh my God. he had to be oh. resuscitated again. Yeah, this is, uh, again, this is a very, very scary thing. I mean, he is fortunate to have incredible medical personnel that were there at the stadium because, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the, the chances of survival from cardiac arrest with no medical help around you is, is 10%. You have a 10% chance. So you can look up the statistics because I mean, I've got them all right here, heart.org. I had my daughter send them to me. And the chances of survival are about 10%. So if it's you in your bedroom or you, you know, walking in a store, if, if there isn't medical personnel nearby and a defibrillator and somebody can, yeah. you know, get you back, your chances. But he had great medical attention. It gives him the best chance possible uh, for survival. Now, it, again, this is a battle. I mean, it's going to be a battle, but it'll take any good news we can get. 100% he needed. The, the oxygen now he needs fifty percent. Okay, right. that that's a, that's a that's a small sign. That's a good sign. I saw that number in your email today, the ninety percent. And without revealing who, I will say there was somebody very close in my life who recently, within the last eight months or so, was in that ten percent. There, there was not, there was no medical personnel around. There was yeah. just his family around, for whom the 
person on the other end of the 911 call was helping them kind of guide them through right. that effort. Right. And that was enough to sustain things the medical, until the medical team showed medical up. Medical team yeah, shows so up. He, you give yourself a better chance because you get the right care. Yeah, but that, that, for that dear friend of mine was in that 10%. And it's, it's so, and of course, I mean, I know we keep saying this. Everything about the football with this is so secondary. And the NFL even seems to acknowledge that where, where today they announced that they're, they're not resuming the Bengals-Bills game this week, nor should they, nor should they even be thinking about it. Week 18 is scheduled to go on. As always, there are obviously implications with a lot of those games. The Bills and the Bengals are both scheduled to play, and they both those are both important games for both those teams. But what, what they do with yesterday's missed game, they don't know. And maybe, and we'll, I think we'll both do a little more looking into this tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, is there a chance that that game may have no meaning? Is there a chance that, and we were trying to do it on the fly on the air, and that's always a little bit messy because we don't know tiebreakers and things like that. Kansas but, City wins next week, and then New England beats the Bills, and then the Bills can't get the number one seed. So then maybe you don't need to play the Buffalo-Cincinnati game if Cincinnati is able to clinch the division with a win or a Baltimore, Baltimore loss. loss depending on what happens. And maybe, New England, of course, need very much needs that game because right. they're trying right. to control their own destiny and get into the postseason. So so it's there's a lot of moving parts in the NFL, how they figure this out. Do they, do they just not play the game? Do they wait a week and play the game and eliminate the week between between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, you're not moving the Super Bowl. You're not. You, you, it's just too much that you, too much toothpaste that would have to go back in the tube to move the uh, Super Bowl at this point. That that can't have. And I know that's of interest to us here in Arizona because it's here at State Farm Stadium. I just can't see how that's an option this late in the game. So it would seem like it would either be just don't play the game at all and you know that that's the simplest way it's not the fairest but it's the simplest or figure out a way to play that game and maybe the in between is to figure out a way yeah. where that game doesn't mean anything like you might not need it i don't know that that seems Look, like sunday, a bit of a long shot but we'll see sunday's a long way away and i'm sure that there is a long road to recovery here for De, for demar hamlin um he's fighting for his life he's in critical condition still so it's a fight but you know maybe by sunday Maybe by Sunday there'll be more clarification. You know, hopefully good news, and it'll allow the players to well, that's, be at ease a little bit more and be able to play the game. That's the other thing. It's going to be really hard if there is no clarification for anybody yeah, on the Bills to want to play in, in that game. Grieving process. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're still in the not knowing about your brother process, and and I, I that will be something to kind of keep an eye on as the days go along if if depending on the updates and how they come in and when they come in right is it enough to free up the buffalo players to even want to play in that game on sunday you know to feel like they can because they're at peace when it comes to their brother and and, and i get it the business of the nfl churns on it didn't last night they they Nope, we're not playing this game. And I don't know. I don't know what would happen on Sunday if there's not more information about Hamlin that's out there. I have no idea. I would imagine that the games are going to go on because it's, you know, you're, you're talking almost a full week. Even if there's not any type of news, I, I still imagine that they're going to play the games. You know, that's their careers and their livelihoods. And their, their, listen, their minds may not be in the games. But I think they're going to play the game. Well, and, but that, you know, I was thinking about this last night, too, when there was the debate about whether they were going to play last night's game. 
if your mind's not in the game, doesn't that increase the chance of you yes, getting hurt? Probably. You know, because yeah. you're not focused. You're not. That's what they say. You know, and, and it seems logical to think that that would be the case. So it's obviously a very fluid. So I'm sure by the time we come on the air tomorrow at 2, we'll have some new bit of information about this. At least I hope it's good news when it comes to Hamlin. That's going to do it for us. We are out of here. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up 2 o'clock. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.